You're on Radio 1, 91 FM, your politics show. This is your all bong gate special, bong shell revelations coming out of the critic at the University of Otago. Uh, it's amazing how the critic, you know, when the critic writes about uh, the university persecuting their students over cannabis, it becomes a nationwide headline that goes for days. We saw this exactly 10 years ago, uh, and uh, those critic editors who oversee those illustrious periods in their history go on to do great things. So uh, I'm very happy for Joel and his national media success. Um, but the bong shell revelations, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure all of you know, uh, because if you've ever heard me as a broadcaster in the last <laughs> 10 years that I've been here, you know that the, uni the university persecutes cannabis users. Uh, and that is a directive from the top from our illustrious Vice Chancellor Harleen Hain. Uh, she can't really hide behind it. Um, and, you know, uh, it just, oh man, the plot thickens. I don't even know how we're going to get through it all. But, you know, every every proctor since the proctorial office has existed, has uh, let himself into student flats, uh, sort of taken an interest in student non-problematic cannabis use, even though it is really none of his business, and sort of uh, persecuted and penalized students who use cannabis and try to sort of, um, you know, uh, use his disproportionate power to force them to change their ways. Um, now, this is all against the background of extreme alcohol harm in uh, Dunedin, uh, in New Zealand as a whole, but especially Dunedin. And so for, you know, the first uh, decades of the proctorial office existing, they were basically shunting students off cannabis into keg parties on Castle Street. Now, when the keg parties on Castle Street got too much and we had uh, turned over cars burnt out in riots four years in a row... Uh, the university decided they need to improve their image, and they brought in the campus watch. And, uh, you know, s sort of, at first it was just security guards to lock the buildings and, you know, offer you recipes. But then they rolled it into the proctor's office, and uh, they started to enforce student behavior through the code of conduct. Now, they're not actually empowered to do that off campus uh, on private property, but that didn't stop them. And uh, they've been doing that for years. Now... Uh, the proctor who persecuted me and instituted a uh, undercover police operation to root out student political clubs, <clears throat> Massey University, and uh, sort of suppress free speech on campus and try to have me arrested, uh, well, he's retired now. There was another proctor after him who's also uh, left the job and gone on to become the warden of the Otago prison because his qualifications are so strong. <laughs> and uh, the guy that replaced him is the proctor that we have now. Uh, they've all been ex-cops. They all think they're still cops, and they all think they're a cop and dad to every uh, university student and just sort of throw their weight around. And uh, it just got too much. And, you know, luckily for once, probably for the first time ever in the university's history, this has coincided with a strong drug reform advocate actually holding a place on the Students Association. Now, in the past, when this stuff happened, basically, it was impossible to get up a story uh, in Critic until it became really egregious, and even then, uh, those students who were persecuted never had the support of OUSA, and so without that sort of official mouthpiece of support that supposedly represents the student body, even though it's really about only relevant to probably about 100 students who are all nerds, um, Without that OUSA endorsement, it was impossible to sort of, um, sh you know, really show that students didn't want this invasive sort of um, powers for the proctor. But and, and now the the one student who is a strong drug law reform advocate on the exec is being uh, 
censured by the rest that's of the That's right, that's right. So we're talking about Josh Smythe, of course, uh, the recreation officer, uh, as he calls it, or the recreation officer, um, on OUSA. And he's the one who's sort of uh, the conduit to the student body that sort of collected all these stories, uh, fed them into critic, got them up into a story, and... Uh, well, it's dominated the national news cycle uh, for two whole days. Uh, it wasn't so much in the news yesterday, but I think it's going to be in the news again today because, as you mentioned, Sam, Caitlin Barlow Groom, uh, or uh, what I like to call Harleen's puppet, OUSA <laughs> president. Oh, man, she was so weak. I've never seen a weaker OUSA president. She's got no diction. Uh, she's like, you know, not media ready at all. And, uh, you know, stumbling over her words and basically saying, oh, no, we love the Proctor. He's a nice guy. Yeah, what he did was wrong, but he's really trying to help us. I like him. I love him. Like, who elects these people, man? Oh, yeah, there's like 10% turnout. That's why. Um, it's all the same people who elect the bloody national, uh, uh, the, the, the national representatives as well. And uh, NZUSA. Yeah, well, the people who didn't elect you, Sam. But they did, <laughs> they did elect Bonnie and they did elect No, well. no, no, in government. Uh, yeah, right, well, that's true. And uh, we, we have a higher turnout, at least, for the national yeah, election. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Bonnie and Will got on their uh, conspicuously absent today. I don't know if they've gotten the uh, word from higher up as well. But... Um, yeah, OUSA is moving a motion of no confidence against Are they, are they moving Smythe. it? I thought they were just threatening to move it. No, nope, it's been moved as of this morning. Oh, um, well. So we are hopefully going to cross live with Josh uh, very shortly when his, schedules allow, when his yes. schedule allows. But um, the plot thickens. I mean, uh, you know, basically the saga that we saw was... Uh, on Thursday last week, the critics started working on the story. That's when I first met the students involved in the first flat. Um, they came to me. I encouraged them to actually make a complaint to the police, uh, but they were, you know, understandably too timid to do so. They've basically been uh, traumatized and have mild PTSD from their already interaction with the authorities. They don't want to sort of sacrifice themselves to another one. But, um... Uh, then the, the story broke on Monday in Critic, and uh, the national media quickly picked up on it, and the university was essentially issuing no comment all day. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't until 5.45 p.m., exactly one hour after Josh Smith... So Josh Smith tried to organize a meeting with the proctor to discuss with him reasonably what had gone on and to get him to sign a code of proctor conduct saying that he wouldn't engage in these type of activities again. Now, of course, he thought that uh, what he did was totally justified. He didn't feel like he had to sign anything. Uh, you know, these little peon students answer to him, not the other way around. And the university was just stonewalling. Uh, so the proctor then canceled that meeting with Josh. And Josh went on Facebook and organized a protest, saying the proctor's not going to hear our demands. Our only choice, obviously, is but to protest. Now, that protest had 500 attending in the first hour, and after that, exactly at that hour mark, was when the university finally decided that they had to put out a statement. So that statement went out in the media, and they said they stood by the proctor's actions, and he had the best interests of students at heart. No admission of wrongdoing, uh, you know, just basically digging in, saying, come at us, students, you know, if you want to take this in the national media, we'll go there. Uh, the next morning, 
I was rung by a generous benefactor saying, let's sue the bastards. It's clearly illegal what they've done. They've admitted to the legal activity, and they're not ashamed of it. Uh, and, of course, we all know it's a pattern of wider behavior going back decades. Mm -hmm. So let's stick it to them. And, of course, um, you know, Harleen obviously knew full well what the proctor was doing, uh, directed him to do it, or at least empowered him to do it. And if she didn't know, uh, as his boss, she surely should have known. So... No way to shirk that legal responsibility, Harleen, and we, we put that out there clear. We've got a fighting fund of 25000 just to start with uh, and more to come. And How's all that going? Uh, well, so at the moment, we are compiling a spreadsheet of complainants, yeah. uh, so sort of like uh, the idea of a class action lawsuit in the yep. United States. We need all the details of all the complainants who will all be rolled together in this yep. action against the university. Now, it's possible that we may be bringing a private prosecution against the proctor himself for yep. his illegal acts. Uh, now, that's likely to result in a discharge without conviction. Um, and, you know, the university uh, forcibly had me prosecuted, and I got a discharge without conviction. <laughs> and it was very embarrassing to them. So uh, as much as it might be uh, the principle of justice will be served, we kind of know what the likely outcome is going to be. So, um, yeah. But it's wider than that. You know, this is a, a pattern of university behavior going back decades. So uh, it's really the university feeling like they have an interest in non-problematic adult cannabis use of their students, uh, especially off campus, and you know I would say even on campus, but um, you know let's uh, let's not be controversial. <laughs> um, so it's it's that that we are going to look to scrutinize as well, and um, you know whether uh, we will be sort of prosecuting Harleen for some sort of abdication of her pastoral care responsibility. That is an option available to us. Yep. Um, or seeking some sort of judicial review of the uh, documents that form the university's internal policies, because uh, some of it is clearly unlawful. And uh, the other options are some sort of declaratory judgment from the likes of, say, the Privacy Commissioner, mm -hmm. uh, who's spoken out a lot recently about sort of gross violations of privacy from corporate entities in New Zealand. So yep. uh, the university wouldn't really, uh, you know, again, let's be clear, this is all about image management for the university. Totally. So uh, these type of things are going to cut right to the heart of uh, the bottom line for them. And I think that's the that's one of it, been one of the most disappointing things to see for me has been the the, the extent of the university's response has been fully dictated by how it believes the responses will affect its issue. So, oh, sorry, its image. Yes. Like, like the, the first response where they said, oh, we support the proctor's action back when they didn't think it was a big thing, but they knew that they couldn't make no comment. And then when the proctor came out the next day and, and held that press conference. Yes, now let's get to that press conference because it wasn't until I, I was on every every national media platform saying we are going to sue Harleen yep. that then the university decided oh we actually do have to admit wrongdoing we do have to say something and uh, good old Proctor is going under the bus uh, he has to take the bullet for Harleen uh, very similar to the menstruation issue critic episode which we know came from the top as well uh, and the Proctor took the bullet well uh, Campus Watch underling took yeah. the bullet in that case but uh, because it was the Proctor himself physically entering the properties now then we had the press conference talk talk to us about the press i thought he was going to cry 
Yeah, he, to, to me, he, it seemed as though it was a man who was under a huge amount of pressure. I almost felt a bit sorry for him. But what, one thing that I noticed was that he had been meticulously briefed for that press conference. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it was not someone authentically speaking, authentically apologising. He had been clearly told the extent of what he could say, running the running the through line that he had the best the student's best interests at heart uh he doesn't think it makes him a criminal there were just certain phrases there was one more that yeah I he had the student's best interests at heart so basically you know he was worried that they might get in trouble for cannabis because he was going to narc on them yeah yeah and so the only other option was for him to break and enter and steal their property mm-hmm. well why don't you just not narc on them you fucking narc yeah because uh, <laughs> I, I i i think the the thing that he kept stressing was we're trying to help these students get get degrees, not criminal convictions. Well, and back off, and yeah, they won't get a conviction. And, and the thing is, but they're, what they're holding over the students' heads to allow them to have any power over them at all is exclusion from the university. And so they're, they're not just trying to encourage them to get degrees. They're threatening them with not getting degrees to make them adhere and behave the way they to want To their to moral principles. Yes, exactly. Totally unconscionable. Totally illegal. A violation of the New Zealand Bill of Rights. Now, yeah. uh, when it's the police and they're enforcing the Misuse of Drugs Act, the New Zealand Bill of Rights is subsidiary to that. But when it's the university <laughs> and they have no legal statutory authority, the New Zealand Bill of Rights is absolute. Yep. And they are screwed. The, the legal case is in the bag. Yep. Harleen would not have thrown the proctor under the bus immediately under legal threat if it wasn't in the bag. So thanks, to sig- thanks Harleen, for signaling to us that we're on the right track and we're going to keep going. We're going for the jugular. Now... This, this press conference uh, was not only shocking in the sort of level of uh, scripted preparation, but the lying, the blatant mm, lying. Yep. It only happened one time. At this point already, Critic had published four verified stories of other times. Those of us who have been on campus at all know that this is just the tip of the iceberg, and there's tens, if not hundreds, of similar incidents. So, And that was the moment when the scriptedness broke down, was when Joel and, and, and or Charlie, whoever it was from Critic, said to him, look, we've, we've got other s- accounts of this happening. We yeah, have or multiple what stories. if other accounts come out? And yeah. he paused. Yeah, that, he that, looked like tears were welling up in his eyes. Yeah, that was a big pause. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he was also asked, I think, by uh, Hamish McNeely from Stuff if uh, any Campus Watch members had ever, ever done similar behavior. Now, I know for a fact that they, he hadn't. He was like, um, er, uh, uh, uh. So, oh, there's plenty of fodder here. I mean, next week's critic is either going to, they're going to have to put a special issue. They're either going to have to leave this as online-only content, or it's going to be as thick as an encyclopedia, <laughs> because uh, they're going to have to get a new binding technique. Yeah. Um, there is so much coming out now. Uh, another funny aside that maybe not everybody knows about is in the, the heat of this debacle, uh, the university uh, comms department, the Marketing and Communications Division, who is obviously controlling the story on behalf mm-hmm. of Harleen, accidentally uh, reported uh, replied or sent out an email thread of their entire internal public relations discussion really? to the reporters, to every reporter. Do you have it? I have seen it, yes. <laughs> and um, they, they hired an expensive PR lawyer from Galway Cook Allen to yeah. formulate their response. Yep. And all of the um, emails were going back and forth with Harleen of how do we deal with this. And, uh, you know, essentially they were not not 
super interested in admitting wrongdoing, but then it became apparent that they might have to admit some limited wrongdoing. And, um, you know, it was basically uh, just detailing how they got to where they got. But um, it was quite embarrassing for those internal communications to be bared for all. And to see that it's the comms divisions and Harleen driving the response, not the Proctor's genuine feelings or actions. Uh, But, of course, we all knew that. Um, so, yeah, I think this time they've really stepped in it. Uh, what's the sentiment on campus, Sam? I mean, you're, you're plugged in. Uh, we were seeing some of our recent OUSA electees notably absent. Yep. There was a heated OUSA exec meeting where basically they tried to uh, force Josh to, to tone the protest down. Uh, and even then, OUSA couldn't support it. And now OUSA has come out this morning and moved a motion of no confidence in Josh to try to remove him from OUSA. Now, hilariously, that would only be effective for a couple of weeks because he was elected for next year and he's <laughs> going to come back in anyway. So I really don't see what the... I mean, Caitlin is I, just showing herself to be Harleen's puppet. And I, I have very little doubt that this must have come from higher up at the university. Well, let's let's detail another incident. So Josh wrote a very, very well-written, non-confrontational, non-aggressive, non-drug-related opinion piece for the ODT yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the ODT posted that article, and they included with it an online poll, do you think the proctor should resign? 64% thought that he should resign, uh, and that our, that that total maintained as the article ran for about four hours and then it was mysteriously deleted Mm. from the ODT website and no you know no version of the text or history of the poll could actually even be found and now there's only sort of one institution in this city that has the ability to make a phone call to the ODT and say delete this article (laughs) and uh, that organization is the university and the person who's able to make that phone call is Harleen so uh, we know what happened there we know she wrote the statement for Caitlin that uh, Caitlin sort of stutteringly read on Facebook last night Uh, their dirty fingers are all over it I mean the university controls OUSA now through the service level agreement Uh, they obviously threatened to pull the funding OUSA is running scared even our OUSA uh, co-hosts that love justice uh, are conspicuously absent right now. Um, oh, speaking of, Vivian has requested uh, that we make it very clear on his behalf that he thinks that the proctor should resign, saying uh, when someone commits a crime on the job, regardless of their position, they should have to go. But um, ultimately, I, I, th- I think that the sentiment on campus has been... It's been... It's been Generally, that the proctor, what the proctor did was unequivocally wrong. He he he, sh- he should not have um, he should not have entered the property, and that we should be able to do what we want in our flats without the proctor interfering. But the whether he should resign or not, that is not a unanimous opinion. There there are certainly mixed views on whether he should be forced to resign or not. Well, and there's a bit of controversy over uh, you know I guess what the the message of the protest is. You know, is it yeah, forcing the exactly. proctor to resign? Is it the privacy issue? Is it the the university sort of feeling like they have a, a role in uh, non-problematic adult cannabis use? Mm. That's what I would say. Uh, I know Josh has a different opinion, and he is available now, so we are going to ring him. Okay, uh, And we'll just play this uh, rhombus remix of a Hori Buzz while we get him on the air, and we will be back with Josh Smythe in one moment.
And we're back on Radio 1, and as much as we love uh, Hori Buzz, uh, this is more important, and we are going to speak live with Josh Smythe. He joins me on the phone right now. Are you there, Josh? Yeah, how's it going, Ed? Hey, thanks for joining us. Now, um, we've kind of covered the chronology of, uh, you know, the narrative of what went on here. Um, is there any key points that you want to make about this? Um, yeah, so we've decided to not submit the petition for the demand for the resignation of the proctor. We're going to forgive him, um, accept his apology on the condition that they implement the student code of proctor conduct. Um, there will still be a protest. There will still be an expression of emotion. But um, we're willing to you know, work with a humbled proctor who's willing to be part of this community as equals, as opposed to you know, just calling for his head. Um, there's much more power and forgiveness um, than vengeance. Now, what do you think prompted this change? I understand there was a fraught OUSA exec meeting last night where uh, basically they didn't want to support the protest and you had to sort of uh, give in some compromises to get them support, but they didn't end up doing it anyways. Uh, Is that a fair characterization? And was this softening of stance uh, due to that? And do you still, I mean, yeah, tell me about those deliberations and if you still feel that way, even though they're still not going to back you. Definitely. Um, it was actually a speech by James Heath. Um, he, he came to the table with a, with a compromise, and I just, I really, he spoke really well about it, and it just made me think that maybe there was another way forward. The rest of the exec didn't see that, and they voted to not support the protest, um, and they asked that I give a public apology to the proctor and Caitlin, and like... Really? How yeah, atrocious. And, and, and I, a public apology for what? Um, like, Caitlin's mad because I, I, I reacted you know, quickly, I spoke to the media, and I was the figurehead for this, and I kind of, you know, I created the event, I created the petition, and um, she feels I should have gone through her channels. What you mean, because Harleen is forcing her to do what Harleen wants, and then this wouldn't you know, have happened? I'm, I'm not going to make any um, judgment call on that, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll leave it up to the students, because um, what happens if there's no confidence go, vote goes through the exec, is that we go to a student general meeting, so it's 10 working days, so it might be called on the 12th. That's probably the earliest it can be called. Um, we need 0.5% of the student body as quorum, approximately 400 people. And then we'll be able to vote on a series of issues. Um, there'll be no confidence votes on the table, um, and the students will be able to decide who authentically represents them. If people do end up getting deposed from their positions, what I'm proposing is that um, members of next year's exec, who have already been elected as representatives, you know, um, the... Um, guided into those positions. <laughs> so you mean if they fire you, you just come back on because you're elected next year anyways. <laughs> and and even if, they, even if they don't agree to that, what, you're off for a couple weeks, and then you're back in as the new term. Exactly, and it's like, you know... What is the point? What is Caitlin thinking? Is she trying to make OUSA even less relevant to the student body? To be honest, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't um, surprised but I was shocked that she chose this cause of action. I knew it was possible. I was absolutely and I just I, I, I wondered at her reasoning. I really did. I, I think that... Well, what can the reasoning be? I mean, she's basically kissing Harleen's ass super obviously oh, well, for something yeah, that doesn't, you know, isn't going to have any effect. It's, it's, it is, you know, it's, a, it's a complex situation. I'm not going to make any, any predictions. I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm just dealing with what I know. Has the university uh, threatened to pull the service level agreement from OUSA over this? Mm, interesting. Well, um, good thing then that we have um, stopped, you know, demanding for the proctor's resignation. Um, there needs to be an expression of emotion. There, there needs to be a message from the students about how how we feel about the situation. You know, a lot of people are really hurt, 
um, a lot of people are angry, so we're going to take that energy. Don't you think the, 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 the thought uh, among the student body that this no-confidence motion has even been moved? I mean, I'm not a big Facebooker. Uh, I don't know how widely this has spread on the... Isn't this going to inflame I, I'm the protest further? I'm ashamed that this no-confidence motion has moved, because, Josh, right now, you're, you're the only one who is truly sticking up for student interests, and there, there's huge gratitude on campus for that. It's, it, it's been years in the making for, for a strong drug law reformist to be on the OUSA, and I think that's well, what it's taken to, to get this going. You, you, you have know, been not my only that's not my only angle i think it's yeah. important to talk about drug reform but there's many other many other things on campus like, absolutely you know, being equals in this community yeah. and coming together and just being able to show unity is a beautiful thing yeah and Friday's gonna but be it, it does seem like the most common time of not being treated as an equal is if you are a cannabis user um well you know it's that's Again, that's not the issue. The issue is that students' rights have been... Well, respectfully, Josh, respectfully, I understand if you want to minimize that as an issue, but it is the issue. That is what all of these Uh, illegal entries have been prompted by. But let's not argue about that. Now, when it comes to OUSA, when it comes to OUSA, isn't this going to inflame the protest even further? Doesn't this threaten to turn it into a protest against the proctor and OUSA? No way. This is going to be a guided, specific... Um, expression of emotion about the actions of the proctor. We're going to forgive him, and then we'll we'll talk about where we can go from there. We'll have, you know, a lot of energy on campus, a lot of voice, um, and we'll we'll have to be careful about how we use that power. And inflammatory rhetoric is not going to help anybody. This is about coming together as a community. This is about talking about... Well, to be fair, don't you think it's the inflammatory rhetoric that got the university to own up to wrongdoing in the first place? Um, it's it's well, it's about having the conversation at all. It's about and we um, wouldn't be having that you know, conversation if the university if the university hadn't had a direct threat of inflammatory rhetoric. They dug in. They made no comment until you started the protest. They made a weak comment, and they were still dug in. And when they were threatened with a lawsuit, they threw the proctor under the bus. That well, sort of um, under the bus necessarily. Um, they're still supporting him. And the thing is, though, that we need to. Well, it's it's about these conversations that we have, and it's about not necessarily showing power, but it's also about showing forgiveness and a willingness to work together. And that's that's where the power is. You know, it's not about you know rolling someone over or you know a display of force for the force's sake. It's about showing that we we have a, a unified voice. And there's just a couple of things that we need to change. And we need to start talking about. Um, I have to go pretty soon, guys. So. You got a last last couple of questions let me know no that's great uh we just wanted to hear your voice about it hear what you thought about the ousa angle and uh, i'm sure everybody is going to be very enthusiastically attending the protest on friday but i think a lot of people have different ideas about what the protest is and they're all going to bring their own placards and banners and feelings and there's no way that you can really control that but um Absolutely. it's going to be a diverse crowd that's going to express sure, yeah, forceful like, thoughts we'll be there with your, your cannabis lower from angle and that's okay. That's about the conversations that are happening in this community. But in terms of the wider student movement and the the, the angle that this is going, it's, it's it's about the proctor. It's about forgiveness, and it's about sharing that we feel like uh, we haven't been accepted as equals in this community, but we would like to be, and we're willing to come to the table to make that happen. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Um, I look forward to seeing everybody on Friday. And thanks for all thanks, it Josh. is that you do, Josh. Keep up the good work, mate. That was Josh Smythe, OUSA uh, Recreation Officer, or maybe not for a couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Uh, and, you know, I mean, um, basically, it, it hurts my heart to see such 
strong, principled individuals be cowed into submission by these threats. You know, the the students are so intimidated and traumatized they don't even want to take, you know, exercise their rights to the police. Josh is now being intimidated and traumatized to the point where he has to sort of uh, timidly retract some of his statements. I mean, this is, we're winning. The, the, the university is on the run. They, they realize they're in the wrong. Now's not the time to pull your punches. But, uh, you know, if you're more worried about sympathy from people that have no respect for you anyways, well, be my guest. What, what, what do you think? Do you think the proctor should resign or not? You know, I think if the proctor resigns, we're just going to get another proctor yeah, who's going to do great. the same shit. So what needs to happen is the university needs to take their nose out of, you know, student business. Most importantly non-problematic adult cannabis use. And note I say non-problematic. If there's somebody who's having a problem, the university is by all means, you know, entitled to uh, enact their pastoral care role. Uh, but other than that, no way. And I think this would solve a lot of problems. You know, the Proctor and Campus Watch, as much as I thought they never should have come in the first place, uh, the density of off-licenses and the price of alcohol, the harm has probably gone quite far that um, we do need to have some mitigation activities. You know, I think they should have the ability to get students to tidy up their yards on Castle Street and not engage in harmful drinking initiations. But they shouldn't have to blackmail the students over their cannabis use as a tool to achieve that end. Yep. So, you know, if the protest is about making the proctor butt out of Castle Street yards so they can look like a shithole... I, I don't support that. Cannabis is much more important than that. Um, and, you know, that's just my opinion. But as I say on Friday, people are going to come to this protest with diverse opinions. We're all going to be there. We're going to show uh, what we think. Now, it, it's interesting also that, you know, this, this medieval punishment attitude of the proctor is displayed sort of iconographically for all to see in front of his office in the form of the proctor's stocks. A wooden medieval implement of punishment purportedly for students who act up you know, that, right there as a threat. This epitomizes what this proctor and this university feels towards their students. I think as, as penance, they should be made to go in those stocks for <laughs> an hour or something. Well, I, I think somebody should cut the stocks down as a symbolic yeah. gesture. I mean, uh, that they really need to go. Yeah. The, as long as those stocks stand, that is a symbol that the university believes they can inflict medieval punishment on their students. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bong gate, bong shell revelations, it just keeps going. Uh, I hope you enjoyed a classic Abe rant. I just, <laughs> I, I've been waiting to do this for 10 years, and the opportunity to really just kick Car Harleen in the head in the media, um, Utu, they call it, uh, she, she knew it was coming. You know, when she thumbed me in the chest and said, I'm going to crush you, uh, well, I don't just I don't just turn tail and say, "Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we need to build bridges and love." No, I said, "No, Harlene, bring it on." And uh, maybe it will be I that crushes you. Uh, you're on the one ninety one FM Politrix. I hope you enjoyed the bong revelations, and uh, it's just going to keep going. This is a story that keeps on giving, and um, I can't wait to have an opportunity when things have cooled a little to discuss it with our newly elected <laughs> OUSA co-hosts. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. And we'll play some ads, and uh, hopefully we'll get this whole uh, episode just now up on the podcast page for your and others' listening pleasure.